going to start right away with a developing story out of Minneapolis where a man died during an arrest and the whole incident, at least much of it, was caught on video. We do want to warn you, it's difficult to watch. It's something you may not want your kids to see. Tonight, the images coming in from all over this country. Another extraordinary night unfolding in America. Demonstrators demanding justice and change in this country. No peace! No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. You can't tell me when that man had his knee on my brother's neck, taking his life away with his hand in his pocket, that that smirk on his face didn't say I'm protected. That's right. And this is the ninth straight day of protests ignited by the death of George Floyd at the hands of police. Over the last several days, we have seen peaceful demonstrations. We have seen those during the day transform into eruptions of violence and, and looting at night. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. Welcome to Dialed In. From Uninterrupted, a place where we're always having insightful conversations with athletes from all over the world. I'm Lauren A. Jones, podcast producer at Uninterrupted. As a young Black woman born and raised in Los Angeles, it's been really tough. But even during these unprecedented times, our athlete family will not shut up and dribble. So calling in on this episode of Dialed In is Dee and Lexi Brown. The father-daughter duo connected this week for a personal, heartfelt family conversation about being Black in America. For the first time, Dee tells Lexi his story about being a victim of police harassment as a Boston Celtics rookie in 1990. And Lexi, a third-year player for the Minnesota Lynx, shares her thoughts on activism in the WNBA. Listen in. Hi, Dad. Hi, how you been? I'm good. How are you? It's good. Nice talking to you always. I know. It's nice to, that you've been able to be home a lot. It's actually been really nice that we've been able to be together during this. You know, we watch the news together. Uh, you know, we share things that we see on social media and stuff every day. How have you been feeling, you know, about the environment, uh, you know, that we're in right now? Uh, I mean, it's tough, you know, being a African-American man, you know, the one thing that's been tough just to see the video uh, and kind of absorb, you know, that could have been me. It's just tough to just see that, you know, per, uh, a, a man, you know, black man in pain uh, by the hands of, of a, a police officer that really didn't have any respect for his life. Yeah. I personally have not even been able to watch the video every time it comes across you know, the TV or my or my Twitter, Instagram, I just keep scrolling. I I personally just can't bring myself to watch something like that, especially I already know how it ends. Um, 
I really don't like the fact that people continue to share it. I know you have to share things like that to, to bring awareness, but I personally just, I can't watch it. Um, it makes me too sad. It makes me too upset. And even just thinking like, you know, Lissalani, Anakin, you know, they've brought us questions that we haven't really had to attack as a family before. So what has that been like, you know, being able to have these type of mature adult conversations with all of us um, as a family? You guys are at the age, I should be in the oldest and Anakin, my son, your brother is 14. You know, it's, it's that's been the toughest part because it's because he's learning. He's 14. Like everything is, 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 I can't wear a hoodie. You know, when I walk out of the store, make sure I have a receipt. Somebody says I'm stealing. Don't do certain things while you're in a car, around your friends, like those kind of conversations we've had. And we've never ever really talked in deeply about the incident that happened to me because you guys weren't old enough to understand and comprehend it. That happened to me 30 years ago. It took the harassment of Celtics basketball star Dee Brown last September to politically awaken Wellesley's black community. Brown was mistaken for a robbery suspect while house hunting in Wellesley. The incident was an embarrassment for the town, but at the same time, it was the catalyst for bringing frustrated blacks in the town together. I know that you have never really spoke about it publicly. I know that we've never really had a conversation about it at the house either. I know it's hard for you to talk about it, but, um, you know, from your perspective, uh, you know, what happened on that day in 1990 and, you know, how did it make you feel about what's going on right now? I love Boston. Don't get me wrong. I love Boston. Your mom's from there. You were born there, right? Like Boston is a part of my heart. Uh, but that incident was very tough, you know, being young, being black, being yanked out of a car because somebody thinks you're a bank robber. To have six, seven guns pointed at your head, face down on the ground, and not know what you did. You didn't do anything. You're sitting in your car reading mail with a pen, and people screaming, drop the gun, and I'm screaming back in a nice way, it's not a gun, it's a pen. You know, get on the ground, face down, what's going on? You know, you're so scared, you're powerless. The 21 years of my life flashed in front of my eyes a thousand times. I'm going to a city where I'm going to play professional basketball two months earlier, a month earlier. It was the greatest day of my life. Now I'm in the city that drafted me and was so proud of me being there. And I'm, and I'm being on the ground face down two inches from being shot in the back of my head. And I just kind of froze. I couldn't move until somebody walked by and said, hey, I just seen this, this kid face in a newspaper he got drafted by the Celtics check his ID that's how I, that's how I got out of it it was very 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 nerve-wracking and crazy and to see this happen that was me now listen I, I'm not putting myself in George's for his shoes because he's not here God rest his soul and prayers to his family but for a I don't even know how long it was five to eight minute span I was just a black guy just a black guy that's it you're a black guy, and we don't care. Like you said, paying for the Celtics, how much money you have, what kind of car you're driving, what kind of clothes you're wearing. They saw one thing. And that this hard part of this going on now over the last, now 30 years later, that we're still going through the same thing. This is not the first time this has happened. This happened plenty of times to other people in the past. You go down a list of names that everybody's obviously have, have seen either via social media or, or on television. But my incident 
there wasn't cameras around. There wasn't phones. There wasn't somebody filming it and 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 and, and broadcast all over the world. Um, and that's probably happened to a lot of African American men in so many ways where you know we can't even comprehend it. Four off-duty police officers providing security at the Minnesota Lynx game on Saturday staged a walk-off, refusing to provide security because of this. WNBA players wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts. Players' protests came during a week of racial unrest across the nation. That we're highlighting a long-time problem of racial profiling and unjust violence against blacks in our country. The head of the Minneapolis Police Federation called the protest anti-police. They're wading into waters that they shouldn't be in to begin with. They're professional athletes. Stick with playing ball. People, people go there to watch the basketball game. We have decided it's important to take a stand and raise our voices. Racial profiling is a problem. Senseless violence is a problem. I know it's been tough, Lexi, with everything going on. Uh, you know, you're a WBA player, you're a professional player, uh, played for the Minnesota Lynx. You know, what kind of conversations have you had with your teammates or your coaches, uh, organization, uh, uh, with everything going on? Yeah, um, you know, the WNBA is not a stranger to social activism. Um, the Minnesota Lynx are usually at the forefront of every of every fight, um, which is something that I've always admired about the Lynx organization. Um, our head coach, Cheryl Reeve, um, we had a classroom session last week on Zoom and we were watching some film and, you know, we were all ready to go. And she was like, oh, wait, y'all, hold up a second. Like, we have something to talk about. You know, we spent about 45 minutes talking about what had just happened in Minneapolis, how we all felt about it. She asked us all one by one in the meeting, um, you know, she's like, if you guys have anything to say, anything to share, you know, let me know. Let us know. We had all the coaches on the on the call with us, the whole, you know, coaching staff. And then she sent out an email a few days later about what she wants to do moving forward um, as a head coach, as a general manager, and as someone that, you know, supports and appreciates the Black community so much. And then the other day, um, some of my teammates and I, we just hopped on a Zoom call just to check in on each other, um, see how we were all doing. We have players with ties to the Minneapolis Police Department. Rachel Bannum, our shooting guard. Both of her parents are in the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, so, you know, she's been really torn up. She's also mixed. She has one black parent, one white parent. So I can't even imagine what she's been going through. Um, so it was, it was nice to be able to support her in this time. Um, we were all supporting each other. We have teammates in Canada in Brazil dealing with the same thing. You know, they're all, all out there supporting us and we're supporting them. So um, to be part of a family like that, has been truly amazing and I'm so excited to get back with them because I know that we're definitely going to want to um, do some things together moving forward. It's so awful that the situation that happened um, in Minneapolis had to kickstart this, but um, you know, it's nice to know that he he wasn't killed in vain, you know, that we want to make a difference, you know, uphold his name to the best that we can and head in the right direction as a country, as a black community, as well as, you know, allies that we have as well. So this has yeah. been it's actually been nice to see, you know, people come together, um, especially, you know, over the past couple months, just everything has just been so crazy for everybody. 
Um, so to see people being able to rise up together, um, you know, has been really, really good to see. And um, I'm really, I'm really hopeful for our future. My thing is just to always talk to you guys, talk to your you, your sisters, and talk to Anakin, and just let just let them know, you know, this is going to be all right. You know, we're going to work through this. We're going to we're going to find the light at the end of the tunnel. My job as a father is to protect you guys. My job as a husband to protect my wife. Like that's that's our job. But it's education. It's not it's not misinformation. It's not spreading lies. It's not talking mistruths. It's really getting deep down into the trenches and getting information. And, and, and point people in the right direction. And to me, the biggest thing is connection. Like, if you don't know about somebody, connect with them. Like, know what you go through. Have hard conversations, like you said, with your friends. Like, if I want to know what's going on in somebody's life, I got to connect with you. I can't assume that I know or I know what you're going through unless I really have a true connection. So, the communication part now, I think, is going to be huge, personal, direct interaction is going to really, really be huge into this um, really uh, moving forward in the right direction. I'm just happy that, you know, we're able to, you know, talk on this together, um, you know, and be around each other a lot more. Um, and I love you a lot. I love you too. In oh, case I don't tell you. you enough. No, I love you too, baby girl. You know that. Thanks for listening to a family edition of Dialed In. And thank you to Dee and Lexi Brown for sharing your stories. For more episodes, subscribe to the uninterrupted WRTS feed wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lauren A. Jones, leaving you with a simple message. Black Lives Matter. Talk soon. Talk soon.